Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed and our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers because that's who God made us to be, not defeated ones, but victorious ones. We've saved you a seat in the very front row here. We want you to, by faith, just get your Bible, get something to take a note on, and come into the class today. And uh, we're going to believe the Lord that you and I will see and hear things and get things deposited in our spirit that will make us stronger. Uh, if there's something that's been troubling or confusing, that we'll get the light that will just clear it up. And uh, we'll see which way to go and be confident and uh, please God and get the victory that He's intended, actually that's already been bought and paid for, but that He intends to be manifest in your and my life. Let's pray and release faith for it today. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us, the faith school class all over the world, we agree together as touching this, asking you for your anointing and for utterance and for the the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit as our teacher and guide, manifesting and showing and revealing truth that makes us free. Uh, give us all eyes and ears and heart that can see, hear, and receive and understand and grant us answers, directions, solutions, and help. We believe we receive it. We say we'll not be hearers only, but doers of it. And we thank you for doing great and good things in our life. And we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go with me, please, again today in the, in the great textbook to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll begin in verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Like we'd mentioned on yesterday, um, you know, the scripture said uh, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Some translations say the spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This withdrawing, this fearfulness and dread and, and timidity doesn't please God. It's not some form of humility that blesses the Lord. It's a false humility. It's a fear. God's not pleased with fear. And that's what he says right here. He's not pleased if you draw back. Well, if, if he doesn't want you pulling back, drawing back, shrinking back, laying down, what does he want you to do? He wants us to step up. <laughs> he wants us to reach out. He wants us to lay hold, uh, fight the good fight of faith, and lay hold on what he has so graciously bought and paid for given to all of us. And verse 39 is a, is a confession, a testimony. He said, uh, we're not of them that draw back to perdition or destruction, but we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Let's all say that out loud. We're not of them that, we're, you can say it after me if you would, we're not of them that draw back to destruction. 
We are of those who believe to the saving of the soul for salvation. Praise God. Well, he goes on into the 11th chapters tell, telling us, verse 1, what faith is. Verse 2, he said, by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Let me read some other translations of this second verse. Um, one translation says, uh, for by it, by their faith, the ancients are well testified of. The NIV says it like this. This, in other words, their faith, is what the ancients were commended for. The Amplified says it like this. For by faith, the men of old had divine testimony born to them and obtained a good report. The, uh, the basic English says, by it, by this faith, our fathers had God's approval. This is what caused him to be pleased with and to approve. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaks. Verse 5 said, Enoch was translated because God had translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Can you see how much emphasis is on pleasing God? From the latter part of the 10th chapter, the whole part of this first, uh, verse 39, the end of the chapter, uh, they all obtained a good report through faith. So much emphasis on God being pleased. Verse 6, he says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. I mean, it's possible to pray all day and night and God not be pleased with your prayer unless you pray it in faith. It's possible that you could give huge sums of money to help people, but God not be pleased with it if you didn't do it in faith. The thing that makes uh, anything we say and do and accomplish acceptable to God is the heart we do it with. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God's looking at the heart. And faith is of the heart. Romans 10 says, with the heart, man believes. So without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's look closer today at verse 4. What happened with Abel? It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Abel gave an offering to the Lord. And the scripture says, we'll read it in just a moment, that God was pleased with his offering, but Cain's offering he was not pleased with. Now this whole passage is over an offering. And what uh, the Lord brought to my attention some years ago, he said, did you notice what the first murder on the planet was over? It was over an offering over an offering. And you'll find that people have a lot of strong feelings <laughs> about offerings. 
You know, there are uh, people that, you know, they, they get upset if anything is said in church about money. And uh, you'll see pastors in churches that act like they're ashamed to talk about offerings and, and, and will apologize uh, prior to receiving an offering. You know, I'm sorry, but you know, we got bills to pay and so we, we need an offering and so uh, try to keep it as, as, as quick and as we can. No, 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 no. This is not how it should be. God has always received offerings from the very beginning. It's His idea. And offerings show something about us. And people who never give and don't want to give, that's not surprising that they don't want to hear about it. <laughs> but this is telling off on them. And uh, the truth is, those that love God much give much to God. Those that don't give much to God, they don't love God much. The chief expression of love is giving. Now, that's not my idea. Anybody remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He did what? How many would agree that's got to be the greatest expression of love? What God has done for mankind in giving His Son to redeem us. There is no greater expression of love than this kind of giving. Well, go back with me to the book of uh, Genesis and let's uh, get some more understanding of what happened here. Genesis chapter 4 Genesis chapter 4 we see what happened what uh, Hebrews 11 is referring to. The Bible said in Genesis chapter 4, it says, Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Now, it'd be good to, to be reminded that when these things were happening, there was no law given. There were no ordinances given about sacrifices or offerings or gifts. Nothing. So why did they want to give a gift? <laughs> why did they want to give an offering? This is something they got straight from the Lord, they got in their own hearts. And it was something that uh, I would suppose Adam and Eve had been doing, bringing an offering to the Lord. And so there, how many people's on the earth, you know? 
maybe just these four here. I mean, they're just very few people. Of course, they, they lived great uh, to, to be of great age during this time. And one generation would see multiple generations before they passed on. But uh, Cain and Abel brought an offering to the Lord. And when they did, uh, the Lord accepted one offering and was pleased with it. And the other offering he didn't accept and was not pleased with. Now, offerings matter. And the Lord doesn't receive all offerings, even though it was given, the Lord wasn't pleased with it. You know, we need uh, some revelation along this line because it is so, such a sensitive topic and subject that people don't want to talk about money. And, they, you know, and, and people want to leave the idea, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. God doesn't look at amounts. It's not about who gave the biggest amount because that would mean only the people that had the most could please God. That's certainly not true. We, we saw, you know, in Jesus' life and ministry where that uh, uh, the widow came and gave two mites. And uh, the Lord said, she outgave everybody here today. Uh, all the rich people, she outgave everybody. Why? Because you can't give more than 100%. Right? <laughs> she gave everything. She, the Bible said all her living, everything she had, she gave it all. And so uh, uh, God looks not at the amount. He looks at the percentage and he looks at the heart. Somebody said percentage? percentage. Yeah. Percentage is true. <laughs> why? Well, why would you get that, Brother Keith? He, because she gave, the widow gave 100%. That's the only way she outgave everybody else there was percentage-wise. She sure didn't do it amount-wise. God looks at the heart and he looks at the percentage. And I know uh, some years ago I had a, uh, I was out, out of town doing a meeting. And um, as I came across the lobby of this uh, meeting room after I'd spoken, this older lady waved to me. She said, hey, Brother Keith, hey. I said, hi. She came over and she said, I just wanted to thank you. Said, uh, your ministry has sent me, uh, and back in those days we sent a cassette tape uh, to everybody that was on the mail list that had a, a single message on it. And she said, you send me those messages, you know, on a regular basis. And um, boy, it's just what I need. When, when that uh, tape comes, and it was tape back then, uh, tape comes, it's just the word that I needed. And said, you know, you've been doing this for me for years. And, and she, she said, I've never sent you a dime. And, and you just send this to me. I said, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm glad we can send it. It's okay. And uh, so I'm walking away and walking across the, uh, uh, the lobby. And the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me, he said, that's not okay. <laughs> that's not okay. And I realized I had just misrepresented the Lord because I told, she said, I've never sent you a dime. And I said, that's fine. That's okay. In other words, it's okay that you've never sent a dime. And as I walked away, the Lord said, that's not okay. She could have sent a dime, right? She could have sent a quarter a month. She could have sent a dollar. 
She could have done something, right? right? You know, people say, well, yeah, but you know, people that don't have much, they shouldn't be required to do anything. None of us are required <laughs> to do anything. The Lord has made it all completely free will. But here's the problem. If you don't want to, if you don't want to do anything, then that shows a heart problem, a lack of love, a lack of respect, a lack of esteem. The only reason you couldn't do anything is if you didn't have anything. If you've got something, you can do something, right? <laughs> and uh, with the Lord, don't, you know, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed of a small seed because something beats nothing every time. Come on, are y'all with me? And if the Lord's going to bless and multiply, how many understand what uh, a million times nothing is? <laughs> what, if you, what if we multiply it times a billion? A billion times nothing is what? Still a big old goose egg. Is that right? You got to, well, what if we, we have a nickel? A nickel times a million. You're getting somewhere. Is that right? A nickel times 30. You, you, you're getting somewhere. You got to give the Lord something to bless. Something to increase. Something to multiply. And it's an indicator of our heart. If we put, uh, you know, giving offerings to the Lord, to the gospel, to the church, to his things. If we put it at the end after everything else. Does anybody remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33? He said, seek ye first. Everybody say first. first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. And he'd been talking about housing and, and clothes and, and, and food and all this kind of stuff. All these things will be added to you. If you'll do what? Seek first, not, not second, not third, not fourth, first. People say, well, I, I got to take care, you know, of, of my needs. I got to take care of my family first. No, there's only one first place. <laughs> there's only one first, right? Everything else comes after that. And what people don't realize, well, you know, I'm, I'm a responsible man. I'm a responsible woman. I got to take care of my kids first, you're teaching them wrong by example. You're teaching them to put themselves first and then their families first. You're teaching them by example not to put God first. And uh, what can happen is that, you know, uh, we've done, we got paid, we had money come in, and so we did this and we did that and we did the other and did the other. And if people go to church, offering time comes around. And now after they've spent everything, they think, yeah, maybe I should give something. Do I have anything left? Well, uh, it's afterthought. Come on, can you see that? And it means it's not priority. It's not, you're putting all these other things first and that doesn't qualify us for the blessing of the Lord that he intended. What do you got to do? Seek ye first. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. 
Well, how did Abel give to God a more excellent? And when we say excellent, excellent to who? To God. Are y'all with me, friends? Because who testified about this offering? God himself testified about Abel's offering. Uh, hold your place there in Genesis, and let's read it again in, um, in Hebrews 11. He said, by faith, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain his brother, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. Now this is interesting. Abel's act of faith is still reverberating through the centuries. Here we are, all these centuries later, talking about Abel's offering. If he hadn't given this offering, would we know anything about Abel? other than maybe just his name. He was a son of Adam and Eve. But here we are, taking time to talk about him, think about him, preach about him, teach about him, have faith school with him. Right? Why? Because God, all those centuries ago, when Abel brought his offering to the Father, not because there was a command, there was no command, to bring offerings. There was no command about tithes or sacrifices or offerings, none of that. That all happened way, way later. He got it in his heart to bring the, bring the Lord an offering. And Cain did. And it seemed to me them both doing it at the same time, it must have been something they practiced. Maybe something that their parents practiced. That means it's, offerings have always been around. <laughs> right? And uh, he brought it to the father, and the father was pleased with it and expressed his pleasure to the point that everybody that was there knew it. Abel knew the father was pleased with his offering. Cain knew the father was pleased with Abel's offering. I guess if Adam and Eve were there, they knew it too. God expressed it, you might say, publicly. Outwardly. And then Cain's offering, Cain said, Yeah, I brought one too. <laughs> and the father said, No, no, that's not a good offering. I'm not going to receive that. Now, in our generation of political correctness, <laughs> where people think both teams have to win. <laughs> and everybody should get a trophy <laughs> no matter how poorly they might have done <laughs> can you see this is not God this is not God you got good and you got bad you got acceptable and you got unacceptable and we need to realize that God doesn't receive all offerings he doesn't and it doesn't matter how big they might be. It's not about amount or how expensive it may be. 
What does God look at, friends? What, what is he? he looks at, you, you remember in Samuel, he talked about this. A man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. What made Abel's offering better than Cain's? What made his offering excellent? What made his offering acceptable? The Bible tells us it was his faith. It was Abel's faith. People try to make some different thing. I've heard sometimes people say, well, you know, it wasn't a blood sacrifice. You know, uh, uh, you know Abel brought an animal and there was blood involved. And, and Cain brought vegetables, you know, because it wasn't blood. Well, no, uh, a blood sacrifice is a sacrifice for sin. Nobody said anything about this being a sacrifice for sin, appeasement for sin. It's an offering. It's a gift. And even under the law, much later, you could bring flour. You could bring, you, well, you'd bring the first fruits of all your vegetables and stuff as an offering to the Lord. It wasn't a sin sacrifice, but it was an offering. No, it wasn't the blood that made it an acceptable sacrifice. Hebrews tells you what it was. Anybody remember what made it acceptable? It was Abel's faith. It was his faith. His faith, he, his heart, he wanted to express his love to the Father. He wanted to express his reverence and his awe. And the Bible tells us, if you look in Genesis again now, Genesis says, Genesis 4 and verse uh, 3, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering to the Lord. Abel brought of the firstlings. Everybody say firstlings. firstlings. Well, now firstling, what's the root word there? First. <laughs> Have you heard any of that already before? What's the key to God being able to add all kind of good things to you? Seek ye first. first, first. And it didn't say anything about that word with Cain's offering the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. Now, fat would be the best, the best. Um, we have descriptors on Abel's offering. We don't have any description <laughs> of Cain's offering. Why? Because it wasn't worth talking about. <laughs> he just brought something. He just, you know, it was time to go to meet the Lord with your parents. And it was time, and oh yeah, there's going to be an offering. Oh yeah, I better get my offering. And so he just ran by the field and he grabbed an old pumpkin he had out there. <laughs> and he grabbed a handful of beans and he grabbed some stuff. And uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't his best. And it wasn't something that there was thought given to. It was just a hurried Grab it and go, go through the motion, ritual, no heart. Come on, can you see that? But Abel's heart was in his offering. His faith was in it, and it pleased God. Can we do this today? Can, I, can our heart be in it? Come on, say it out loud. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Praise God. We'll see you next time in Faith School.